What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland, for innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. Buying your first house is one of the biggest decisions a person has to make. And while it turns into a horror story to a lot of people, it usually includes nightmarish contracts, termites, or infiltrations. But not mine. My horror story is unlike anything you ever heard. It started with me deciding I was done throwing money away on rent. I had some savings and I was ready to be a homeowner. No tiny apartment, no roommates, just a nice, quiet place to relax after working crazy hours almost daily. My goal was to live close to work, so I started driving around the neighborhoods nearby. And whenever I saw a for sale sign, I browsed the details on my phone and I contacted the realtor. Or at least I would if those places were affordable. The houses closer to work were insanely expensive. So I started driving randomly and ended up finding a quaint neighborhood where I've never been before. While the houses were very pricey, like everything in this city, I had a feeling that I could find something interesting there. And I did. After driving around for a couple of hours, I saw a realtor was hanging the for sale sign in front of a house that seemed pretty nice. While it was small for a family, it was the perfect size for a single guy like me. I stopped and started asking all sorts of questions, and he replied with a big smile. You're so lucky. This house isn't even listed yet. So you're the first to visit. I'm sure you'll love it, Mr. Daniels. Everything is in great shape. Come inside. Let me show you. The house was indeed in great shape, both inside and outside. I mean, it needed a few minor repairs, but it was stuff like fixing two steps on the stairs or getting a new fence for the backyard. But all the important pieces of the house seemed perfect. And you won't believe the price. The realtor was almost more excited than me as he announced how incredibly cheap the place was. A small fraction of the price I expected. And certainly something I could afford. Wait, why is the price so good? I asked, trying to hold back my excitement. Something had to be wrong, right? Well... The owners need quick money to buy a bigger one, he replied. Seemed reasonable, but still, they could list it for twice the price and it would still be cheap, I remarked. The realtor said, Look, when Lady Luck comes to you, you just accept it, he replied. Not smiling for the first time 
since our conversation started. His face then lightened up. I mean, if you really want to pay twice the price, I won't stop you. <laughs> like every realtor, he was pushy and persuasive, but in a friendly way. He assured me that if I didn't make my decision immediately, other people would swarm in to buy it the very next day when it was listed, and the competition would certainly make the price go up. Pressing me like that worked, so by the time I went to bed that day, I was a homeowner. My job as an accountant is demanding, so I didn't have a lot of free time to enjoy my place at first, or notice that something strange was going on. Then came Friday night, the first time of a typical week I can actually relax. Instead of coming home late and immediately going to bed, I decided to enjoy not having to get up early the next day. That night, I took a long shower, had a real meal for a change, and sat on the couch to watch a movie. Exactly midnight, a car stopped in front of my house. I briefly thought it was kind of odd since the street had been incredibly quiet by night. But then I told myself it was probably just one of my neighbors. Except that I heard steps approaching my door and the distinct noise of an object being left on the porch. It sounded like a pizza box. I hadn't ordered anything and wasn't expecting any deliveries. I was so weirded out by the strange incident that it took me a few seconds before I decided to go check it out, and both to my surprise and relief, there was nothing on the porch. The car I didn't recognize was leaving in the distance, but whatever it had dropped off was gone. I looked all around, but I didn't find anything out of the ordinary. No packages, no food, not even the smell of food. Intrigued, I went back inside and finished my movie. By the time I woke up the next morning, however, whatever happened had completely left my mind. It was Saturday and I had to take a trip to my parents' house and get some furniture that they wanted me to have. The drive was just a few hours, so... I could make it back home the same day, but they insisted that I stayed at least for one night. Then I had lunch with them, and why not dinner? And I ended up returning no sooner than 11 p.m. on Sunday. I closed the door behind me, annoyed that it was too late for making noise and disturbing the neighbors, so I'd had to use tomorrow, one of my few days off, to unload the furniture. As soon as I look at the clock, I realized that it was 12 a.m. sharp. Once again, the car stops in front of my house. This time, I'm not completely unprepared, and I'm already standing next to the door. I can finally solve this mystery 
with something mundane and move on, I think. As I unlock the door, I hear the sound of the object being dropped again. But when I open the door and see what's outside two seconds later, nothing is there. A man is running back to the car. It's too dark for me to see his face, so I yell at him, but he ignores me. He's a little more than a silhouette. I think he's wearing a cap and his height is average. But that's all I can make from seeing him for a fraction of a second. The porch is completely empty, and this time, it feels incredibly ominous. Whatever was there disappeared in literally one second. So I decided that, for the next day, I'm going to wait for him outside. And I won't miss it this time. I spent Monday, my day off, making minor repairs around the house. Stalling new furniture, cutting the grass, stuff like that. I tried to make sense of the situation. Could it be a prank by the neighborhood kids to mess with the new homeowner? But it would be a lot of work to consistently execute the prank exactly when my clock hits midnight. Besides, how do they make whatever they drop in front of my house disappear? And it all happens so quickly and quietly. I'm sure some teenagers pranking their new neighbor would be loudly giggling or being loud somehow. I spent the whole day thinking about the moment I would confront the delivery guy. I didn't want to be aggressive to the guy. I just wanted to ask him what the fuck was going on and demand that whatever it was, he stops it. It was 11 p.m. when I sat very quietly on the porch. I spent this last hour kind of rehearsing what I would say. (sighs) Back it off my porch. Hey, what are you doing here? Hey, why you keep coming to my house? Again, it's 12 a.m. sharp when the car pulls up in front of my house. I barely breathe in expectation. I know the man can see me and I hope that I don't look either menacing or like a fool. I just want him to understand that whatever he's doing is creepy and that he can't do it anymore. For a few seconds, we fight a mental battle. Or at least that's how it felt to me. Kind of like I cornered the guy and he doesn't know what to do. I'm more intrigued than scared, but I'm not very strong, so... The idea of having to physically fight makes me sweat bullets. This time, the strange visitor doesn't even leave the car... He just drives away after a few seconds of hesitation. His car is a very common model and has no distinguishing features. I don't know his face and I have no way of finding out who he is. This night had made it very clear 
that he won't make it easy for me. So I decide to talk to the neighbors. The neighbors are dismissive, to say the least. I asked if they had been ordering something near midnight, but all of them answered no. My last hope of having a normal explanation was that somehow the guy was delivering something to the wrong house, but it was clear that that was not the case. I then asked if they heard a car pulling up every day at midnight, and the answer baffled me. They didn't. Not a single one of them heard a relatively loud car entering our quiet street. Come to think about it, I didn't hear the car until it started leaving either. It was clear that they thought I was crazy. Look man, if you think I'm crazy, you just come over and wait for it with me. Two of my neighbors decided to come over for a whole week. But when other people were around, the car simply didn't show up. The neighbors would make snarky comments or openly make fun of me every night. I almost started to believe I was, in fact, going insane. But why, of all things, was I hallucinating with some non-existent pizza and a fleeing car? As the older neighbor left on the seventh day, he tapped my shoulder and said, Hey, you wouldn't be the first deranged person to live here. Just make sure you take your meds. With this ominous warning, I was left with no choice but to completely forget it and not let it bother me. I still heard the car and the soft thump of the pizza box every night but I successfully ignored it for over a week. Maybe I am going crazy after all. But my delusion is a minor thing that goes away on its own after less than a minute. So it's not that bad. Everything was manageable until the day that the delivery guy crossed a line. Before we continue on with this story... Please listen to this message from our sponsor. I went to bed earlier because the next day I'd had an important meeting. It was barely past nine when I turned off the lights and I fell asleep right away. But then, in the middle of the night, the terrifying sound of my front door creaking open wakes me abruptly and I can hear steps ascending the stairs. I frantically look around my bedroom trying to find something to protect myself with. At first, I assume the intruder is a burglar but when I notice that it's 12.05 a.m. there's only one person that this could be. Now, one thing is to do this creepy thing while I'm relaxing downstairs. I can handle that. But breaking into my house and disturbing my sleep and during the busiest season of the year 
is not something I would dismiss as a trivial incident. I dashed to the stairs quicker than I've ever been due to all the adrenaline. But by the time I reached the bottom, no one else was there anymore. The door was also left wide open. The car was starting to flee. Oh, hell no. This time he's not getting away with it. I grab the keys of my car and start chasing the guy. I'd probably have more regard for my own safety if I hadn't been abruptly awakened. But at that moment, I only had one thing on my mind. And that was finding out who this son of a bitch was. I didn't care that I was still in my pajamas and wearing slippers despite the cold outside. Or even if I had a big day at work ahead of me. This had become creepy and personal and I just wanted to find out why. The car is not going so fast, so I quickly close in. I try to see the driver's face on the rearview mirror, but despite his open windows, I can't see anything. It's like he has no reflection. He makes a few random turns on blocks that I don't even know, but I manage to keep telling him. When I think the guy is cornered, he takes a turn on a street. I didn't even realize it was there. And it took me a moment to realize what had happened. But I wouldn't allow myself to lose him. The street he entered is a narrow one. And it ends up in a huge abandoned lot. All surrounded by tall wire fences. I smile as I realize that he cornered himself and slowed down. But then I notice that he is not slowing down. As I start yelling that I don't want to hurt him, he throws his car against the fence. I close my eyes and scream in panic, terrified that I let the guy to either seriously injure himself or worse. But the sound of the crash never comes. Instead, the fence is intact and the car is nowhere to be seen. My mind starts to process the images I saw right before closing my eyes. And as unbelievable as it was, I am 100% sure that the guy in his car went through the fence like it wasn't there. It completely disappeared as it crossed to the other side of the fence. I don't know what the worst part was. The fact that I saw a whole car behaving like a ghost or the fact that I didn't hit the brake soon enough and that my car crashed against the fence. The first one was the only thing on my mind. So I barely noticed what happened to me until the police found me several minutes later. After making sure that I wasn't severely hurt and assuring me that the damages to my car didn't seem to be major, the policeman gave me a huge fine. I tried to explain what I was doing there in pajamas and slippers, but they watched me with pity and concern on their faces when I talked about a home invader that could go through fences. You're having a rough night, pal. 
Let us give you a ride home, and please rest and take your meds properly, okay? The older, most fatherly policeman put his hand on my shoulder. If you still think you saw a ghost car by tomorrow, please give us a call, and we'll do everything to help you. Defeated, I did my best to sleep and focus on working the next day. My body was sore, but it was nothing compared to the terror I felt about the disappearing car. The very next day, I bought an expensive, high-quality security camera from my front door to catch the intruder's face with detail, to finally identify him and put an end to this madness. Thinking back, I should have done that from the beginning, but... Despite being unsettled by it, I guess I wasn't taking the issue that seriously before he broke into my house. I was able to see him that same night, and I wish I hadn't. He approached the door with incredible speed, his joints making nearly inhuman movements. He was indeed holding a pizza box. When he approached my door, and leaned to leave the box. I could see him closely. His face was nearly featureless. The cap covered it completely. But with that cam, I could perfectly see that he didn't have a mouth, like he was wearing a mask made of skin over his own skin. I was terrified by it, and I didn't want to chase that thing again. But there was a piece of useful information. His shirt had the logo of a pizza place. Pizza Mike's. I tried calling immediately, but they were already closed for the day. I barely slept that night. I spent the whole day feeling a horrible uneasiness, like I had stumbled on something that I shouldn't have. By the time I left work, I had decided to go to Pizza Mike's and talk to every employee until the doorbell video made sense. The place wasn't far from my house. It looked completely average and didn't have a lot of customers at the time. I'm being harassed by one of your delivery guys, I told the girl behind the counter. He comes to my house every day at midnight. I'm sorry, sir. Can, can you please give me your address so I can check it out? I complied. And she typed it on the computer. Um. Um, we, we haven't delivered to this place in years, sir. But you have before? I asked. Look, look. I have a video of the guy wearing a shirt with your logo. Yes, I, I can see at least two weekly orders from, let me see, let me see, um, 2006 to 2015, she replied. I'm, I'm not sure I can help you. Can I please see your manager? The manager's face was white and shocked as he asked me to follow him to his office. We entered the small room and he asked me to confirm my address. 
And you say you have a video of it? I confirmed and handed him my phone. After watching it, his lips were trembling. And he was doing his best not to cry. I'm a... The previous owners of that house was a regular here. He explains with a shaken voice. She loved our pepperoni and pineapple pizza. Oh, I muttered, waiting for the rest of the story. That day, there was a new hire in the kitchen, and we messed up her order. She was furious, more than it would be reasonable. She remarked that she was incredibly hungry and that we ruined her night. And since she was a loyal client, we assured her that we'd send the right pizza ASAP, and the next one would be free too. But apparently, it wasn't enough. Did she get her pizza? I asked. Yes, yes, of course. But you see, it was a busy night. And we only had one person delivering at that time. So she had to wait two or three more hours. Her pizza only arrived around midnight. And when it did, she lashed out at the delivery guy. Insulting him and insulting us. She screamed like someone possessed by a demon. He was a sweet boy. Nate Rayshon. He had some mental issues. But he was very diligent and everyone liked him. His job was his life though. He was always ready to defend Pizza Mike's, like one would defend their mother. So I assumed he fought back? <sighs> he sure did. The manager gave a deep, sad sigh. <sighs> Eventually, he apologized and said he had to go and make some more deliveries. But she wasn't done being angry. So she took her car and chased him. I had a vague idea of how this would end. Rayshawn was nervous and made a wrong turn. So he ended up crashing against the fence of that empty lot on Washington Street. But she still wasn't done being angry so she got out of her car and shot him four times he died of course I gasped she somehow was able to drive back home and apparently she didn't like the neighbors either because she shot two more people before realizing what she had done and she ended herself was supposed to cause a commotion a relative of hers owned the local newspaper so it was mostly covered up we only know what happened because Rayshon had butt dialed us and we could hear everything did she kill the neighbors too just because I asked apparently she couldn't stand the loud sounds and they spent many nights outside playing music. After it, she entered her house, leaving the door wide open, 
and blasted her own head upstairs. It was a shit show. A lot of curious and worried people saw her dead body before the police came. By the end of our conversation, we were both sure that I was reliving over and over the last day of Rayshon's life. Probably. The fact that someone was living in that house again had made his spirit restless. I started planning to call a priest, sell the house I had barely bought, and move far away. But the very next day, Rayshon stopped coming, and he never showed up again. I loved the house, so I eventually started to forget about it all, and told myself that tragedies had happened everywhere at some point in the past, and that holding on to it would make my life unnecessarily more complicated. I pray for Rayshon's soul and even for the deranged lady, and I'm immensely grateful to whatever made it stop. Other than that, I don't think about it anymore. It was only when I found out about the manager's unexpected death from unknown causes that I remembered one of the things he told me. The new hire in the kitchen that day was me.